podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello there. So we're back this week in a slightly shorter podcast due to the late confirmation of the lay of the land for this game week, which the Premier League gave out just earlier on today, so just this evening. Uh, We were planning a slightly different podcast, but now we've got a little bit more certainty. We're able to bring you that certainty in what's going to be a very uncertain podcast, that's for sure, due to the lack of preparation time. It's certainly been a weird week, which I think has led to a few things which we'll discuss, uh, but mostly I think just the case of confusion through the ranks in terms of what to do without knowing what happens next. We do know, though, that the football will be back next weekend for one weekend only before we go off to a national break again. There'll be seven games as in addition to Brighton and Palace being called off, Man United Leeds and uh, Chelsea-Liverpool are also off due to events surrounding the Queen's funeral. May she rest in peace. And now we can try to get our heads back into FPL with some definitive answers about what lies ahead. Right, Lucy? Yes. <laughs> you all right? I'm all right, thank you. A week is a long time in FPL, isn't it? I feel like last week we were discussing the importance of consistency and not moving away from assets too quickly. And now we're thrown into this period of uncertainty. And it it feels a bit strange, doesn't it, I think? Um Anyway, we are Who Got the Assist. You can find Tom on the main account at WGTA underscore FPL. And you can find me at Lucy Hynett with two Ts. On the pod today, we're going to look at how we deal with these unexpected fixture changes and what implications this might have for our season. To wildcard or not to wildcard, that is the question. If you were looking to wildcard soon, could now be the time. And it will be a shorter pod today, no questions or anything, as we have no idea how we might answer questions until the fixtures were confirmed. And even now, I think our advice would be extremely team dependent. We're recording on the evening of Monday the 12th of September in the reign of His Majesty King Charles III. (laughs) Thank you, the speaking clock. Uh, So yeah, as Lucy mentioned, there's a bit of a truncated edition today. and uh, that's just because this is the only night we could have both recorded anyway and because a few things just seem to kind of be worth speaking about where we are now and next week we'll go kind of full fat have questions etc etc this week of course no game with reviews we all of course scored zero less if you took a hit and therefore the min league things like that haven't changed too much either I remain on my wild card uh, thanks to official FPL allowing an unprecedented rollover uh, in terms of wildcarding, which was completely and utterly intended. I knew this would happen. Did the data dive and saw the ex-queen death was... No, obviously, I, well, I don't really understand how this happened. But yeah, so I've, I've been a wildcard now for two weeks, which is quite interesting. Thing of luck for the team value there. Yeah, but it's, it's not actually been that massive, actually. I think I've, I've had a few, but because I wildcarded the day after, I should have. I didn't, you know, I didn't commit to it straight away. I was still umming and ahhing, so I missed out on a couple. But you know, I've still got, I've got Rashford's 0.1, who's going to make me money without ever having played in my team. That's always nice. <laughs> and um, yeah, Lucy's prevaricating um, on whether it's wildcard or not, which we'll discuss in just a bit. And also in brief, market forces, just to mention quickly, uh, they don't stop. So Rashford, as I mentioned, 0.2 million rise. And Mitrovic rose again. And a few well-known players like Jesus and Salah have dropped. So the pieces are beginning to fall into place for a new template, potentially. Uh, and I noted just before we came on that Salah is now owned by under half of FPL, which is very, very unusual. 
So uh, definitely times are changing, especially if we see that you know, people do start to hop on their wild cards with, uh, with those fixtures being called off. And you know, the bulk of players, I guess, uh, Liverpool and Chelsea assets being sold off. I think we may see things kind of change, change and shift a little bit, which is kind of what we all wanted, really, because it wasn't very long ago, was it, Lucy? We were saying, oh, this is so, so straightforward, isn't it? I know that lots of people have been quite excited that things have been shaken up. I'm one of those boring people that was quite enjoying the monotony of rolling transfers forever. Um, but apparently I'm in the minority there. So yes, it should make a more interesting game. Um, I think if you're in the unusual and unfortunate position of having already played your wild card, and if your team's not looking great, may maybe you might be considering deleting your team or anything like that. But I think for anyone else who's got their full suite of um chips it's looking interesting i think there's lots of different ways you can go this this week i think some are arguing that a free hit might even be optimal i think depending on your team then you might be able to get away with just the odd minus four or even a, a free transfer and then there are people like me that are probably going to be pushed into a wild card they wanted to wait a little bit longer for um but yeah certainly very interesting and i think as you mentioned very likely that the template will now start to fragment a little bit more depending on where you are with with strategies yeah definitely and even if you do even if you did wild card in the first five game weeks there's still you know, plentiful ways that you can do it because so i think the brentford's arsenal game was the one that people if that had gone off i think that people would have been sat with six players five players but with that going on you should be able to get to 10 11 just to contest the week and i think that's kind of all you can do really if you've used your wild card already and aren't really willing to use the free hit Right, um, but yeah, as as kind of we we start to talk about a little bit, uh, we were terming this podcast a tentative podcast just because we only found out more information during the course of today. Again, we're recording on the Monday night, so I'm very glad, just offhand, that we got the news today. And it was actually Lucy a bit sad, just how glad I felt when the news did go through. <laughs> I was at an FPL meets uh, on Saturday in London with the guys, and shout out to the guys who came uh, to the firstly bed, despite there being no football. Uh, still had a great time, loads of beer pong, things like that. But it just felt a massive shame, you know. There was no games going ahead when you, when you're out for something like that. And I, I felt for the guys in uh, New York as well, who they'd put together like this the fest for NYC and no football. Like, oh, how can you? Awful. It did make me think, you know, sappily about how football brings people together and however you felt about the Queen. I'm well, just calling the games off. Definitely wasn't the right move, I don't think. Anyway, uh, before we deal with the repercussions of that, I think it's just worth talking about kind of tentative times in FPL quickly. I mean, our minds are instantly cast back to COVID times, aren't they? Uh, for me, Christmas, uh, Ollie Watkins Gate, when I signed him, I think with 10 minutes to go for the deadline uh, before his match with Burnley, I think it was. And then they called the game off like literally about five minutes before, before the deadline. And uh, yeah, I think I got I got no points from him at all. I think he, he was injured. I think he had COVID, got two points, got COVID and, didn't, and then didn't play and then left my team uh, without much ceremony. But yeah, it's one of those things that you remember, those sort of crazy things that you did. Um, doesn't sound that crazy, but you know what I mean. And it was a time when minus four became the new rolling a transfer and the minus eight was totally normal. I mean, I'm sure that's your worst nightmare, Lucy. Uh, it is absolutely my worst nightmare. Um, I think as much as this is kind of reminiscent of COVID times in the sense that no one could have predicted the Queen's death and the repercussions it would have as a Premier League, at least we are getting that advanced warning of postponements and the fixtures that will happen. I think 
as you said, the real cruel thing during COVID was that you often had postponements that you had no way of predicting and they would just happen at any time. So at least we've now got that bit of kind of solidity about what's going on. So it should give people enough time to plan. And you wouldn't think that beyond next week, apart from obviously rearranging the postponed fixtures, it shouldn't have too much impact on the rest of the season. But yeah, in general, I, I hate this kind of thing. Um, I'm a massive planner. I am a plodder. And this is really not my idea of fun. But that said, um, I basically switched off for the weekend from football and FPL and basically just waited um, before I even tinkered or looked at what I might do because there was just fine. There was just far too much kind of that we didn't know about. And I just don't find posturing very useful for my brain. I think it leads to frustration down the track because you think, oh, if that had happened, I'd have had this team or whatever. So I, I tend to leave things on hold and then wait for some more solid information, whereas I know lots of people like to draft X, Y and Z depending on outcomes. Um, but I just find it easier, for, better for my sanity really more than anything. Yeah, I I just like I'm perhaps more accepting through the years of playing FPL and you know, having some tough times in my personal life in terms of my health. But sometimes I just kind of I, I'm I tend to be quite good at just accepting. You know what? I can't do anything about this. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything about it until I get more information. But it's it absolutely fascinating, wasn't it? That like loads of people went from being FPL managers to uh, epidemiologists to this week being experts in police planning. And, uh, and and logistical deployment for uh, for policing football games as well as policing operation London Bridge. Like it was just amazing, like how suddenly people had read a couple of articles or something, and it, it was very strange, like trying to see how people uh, react to uncertainty. It's, it's definitely something we spoke about on the psych pod, and I think it is one of those kind of fundamental attributes the human condition, like not just uncertainty and not liking it like no other animal suffers from the lack of clarity and inability to see the future like we do or that feels that sort of loss of affects to cause or certainty and it's definitely tolerated differently with different people like some people panic <laughs> which i guess is a, a fevered speculation or thinking oh you know the season's over or there's no games ever going to be played this weekend blah 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 some are stoic which i probably think we both fall into and others seek to plug knowledge gaps through finding whatever they can find to make themselves feel better. And like, I guess feeling unmoored is a very kind of uncomfortable experience, which precipitates a lot of interesting impacts on the human from an objective point of view. Although it's you, if it's you who is uncertain, it's certainly not pleasant at all. But objectively, it's really interesting. I, mean, I could go into the weeds on this, actually. I did look up a little bit and remind myself of it. But basically, it all comes down to our fundamental fear of the unknown. And that acts upon as a central plank upon our consciousness and the ability to not predict anymore what's going to happen. I don't mean predict and predict the score, but at least know, right, on Saturday, these games are going to take place. I've got my weekend all set. That being taken away from you leads to all of these sort of behaviours like speculating, like doing things like, I don't know, popping out um this is what's going to happen to the football this weekend based on me reading Operation London Bridge's uh, thing from 1957. Um, it's it's definitely it's it's really interesting and that feeling to you know, people I didn't expect to see people become ITKs on the Queen's death put it that way that that was that was very strange like the same person who was feeding me the Leicester news one week becomes an ITK on the Queen's death next week like, that is an incredible array of skills isn't it? Yeah. We also had a period I think 
you know, on kind of Thursday evening and Friday morning where there was so much speculation, it seemed to, the authority on what was going to happen seemed to swing like, all over the place because, of course, we had the government's guidance that um, sporting events could go ahead. So that kind of raised hopes and expectations, which, again, I don't think was particularly useful for those that enjoy speculating. And then, of course, when it all got called off, I think that was a kind of another blow to people who like to, to make those projections. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yes. a bit of a funny week. And I think, actually, though, having seven matches go ahead is probably better than we expected, probably. Is that a fair assessment? I... I, I... To be honest, I just contented myself with laughing at people speculating rather than re-speculating myself. Okay. The, f the first time I speculated a little bit was today, just for, I was just watching the new. It, it was like you know when um, when Boris's cabinet was all resigning. It was a bit like that, <laughs> like just seeing all the news kind the of creep out. Secretary, the last one day, yeah. I know, but it, it was. It's just I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I feel I feel like um it's like broken immersion to me. Like you know when you see a, a spot a Starbucks cup in a movie or something like that, which is set in middle ages like it just feels like we were snapped out of that rhythm of the fpl season um and when it stopped last week and due to external shock i just i became aware once more of the kind of the headspace i devote to this game and i genuinely missed it on the weekend which is incredibly nerdy but like it, it, it i really definitely enjoyed just... it I really enjoyed just switching off for the whole weekend. We had friends over. We went. Yeah, certainly. Like, lots of obviously being a woman, I don't have that many friends that you know, female friends that like. Yeah. Football. So actually, okay. it's quite quite easy to switch out of it. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I, I think it was just because I was at an FPL meetup. Maybe that accentuates yeah, yeah, that it a little bit. Yeah, that doesn't help. No. But I, I guess you you still needed to you still need to get your like like you in terms of action even though i was kind of thinking about it a little bit i was thinking i was i wasn't kind of pining for it but like i definitely kind of noted that i was missing something of the weekend a little bit um but i definitely didn't like sit there and tinker with this is what could happen if this happens this will happen if that happens i only really looked at it a couple of the times and i guess that you were saying pre-pods you need to kind of get your football head screwed back on don't you because yeah. you just it was it was kind of nice to tune out, but also like the uncertainty had that effect on me that I just wanted them to sort it out. And I was, the amount of speculation was just coming to a head on 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 Twitter a little bit, and it kind of got a bit face palmy. And obviously, I removed myself from Twitter as well because it was just annoying me. But you know, what I mean, so I'm glad that it's all kind of been done on Monday rather than kind of dragging on through the week because that would have just been terrible for you know us as managers, but also fans who would have plans and all this sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. I think. I mean, obviously, the Premier League isn't thinking about fantasy football managers. It's thinking, hopefully, a little about fans. And obviously, that will give them a lot more time to respond. Because I, I was getting fearful that we wouldn't hear until Thursday or Friday. And that doesn't give people very much time at all. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I know you weren't keen to speculate. But I think seven matches is probably better than we expected. There was a time when we thought basically anything near London wouldn't go ahead. Um, whereas it looks like, you know... I think probably it's the Man United Leeds game that's caught people off kilter a little bit. I think there was an assumption that that would go ahead because it wasn't in London. Yeah. Um. So Rashford, obviously, there might be some people regretting a Rashford purchase. Um. Mm -hmm. do, do you think maybe? Well, hopefully they'd have maybe they'd have undone that, or maybe they'll just kind of delight in the fact they've got 0.1 million profit. Perhaps. Uh, definitely one. I. I maybe it's just because i'm so uh, i was too busy looking at london fixtures and i did look at it today but i completely forgot about that about united Le leeds that being a huge game and uh, i think it was i saw in 
it was athletic, I'm sure it was athletic. They said that 10,000 police were already in Scotland from Greater Manchester. So that kind of just meant that game was just impossible to run. But yeah, certainly one that's caught people out, although I don't think that's one which is actually too impactful on the template. Yeah, I think Rashford's probably the only one that would have existed from that lineup anyway. I can't think of anyone else. And uh, I guess because obviously it was Rodrigo injured as well. That's eliminated that one as well. I mean, what did you make of that? Um, I, I'm not sure whether they were genuine or tongue in cheek. What did you make of people asking for you know an extra, an, another free hit or something like that? I I think official FPL have left themselves a little bit open on that one. I would argue that when they gave one last season, they shouldn't have. And therefore, consist for consistency, if there had been quite a few fixtures off this week, I think there was a decent a decent case for it, just based on precedent rather than logic. Um, I think with us having seven out of ten go ahead, I think that argument has probably dissipated. As you said, the majority of people can probably get to ten or eleven players, so it's not really there isn't really the urgency that there was or looked like there might be when it was first speculated about. So I think that one's dead in the water. Um, but I can see why people looked at last season and said that there would there could be a case for it. Yeah, I, I think them rolling over the wild cards as well is kind of adds to that sort of unprecedentedness. Yes. Just because like what would so I mean, if I mean, if a wild well, can I ask you because you're the person on the wild card? What when all of this started to kind of come out? What, what where did you think you would be left? I thought I'd just be left with my team for game week eight. So I thought I'd had to kind of. Judging by what happened during Project Restart, before Project Restart, it just kind of stopped, didn't it? So yeah. I thought it would just stop. So I'd have game week seven, the team would lock in at game week seven and then hope if game week eight went ahead, then I'd kind of set my team up for that. So I was kind of setting my team up for game week eight or nine. Um, and I was very surprised to see them roll that over. And I guess when that happened, I thought, well, it's going to be quite difficult to give people a free hit. Because I mean, obviously, I'm, it's, it's obviously very fortuitous that I've locked into being on wild card a little bit in terms of team value. I've lost the advantage that I actually wild carded for to get on the template a little bit, the new template as I saw it a little bit early. Um, but I thought there's no way they give a free hit now because what happens to me? Like, oh, yeah, I'm on the wild card, yeah, boohoo. But like, if everyone else then gets two free hits, do I get a free hit to use later? <laughs> So it's one of it's one of those where it just it seemed like it was opening a big can of words to me, and I, at the risk of sounding like a grumpy old man as well, you know, back in my day, Lucy, and back in your day as well, it used to be people just dealt with this stuff when the situation arose and just was just like, well, okay, yeah, you know, it's, it there was a big snowstorm and my players didn't play. I'm sure it'll be rearranged later, rather than turn to FPL and asking for a handout every time things happen. Like, that feels a bit weak to me. I don't know. I guess I'm also not the target audience for uh, FPL in some ways, but it's just... I think they always think about engagement, don't they, on those cases? So I guess they're thinking rather than get, let people completely lose interest in their teams because they can't really play any players, they would rather keep them involved by kind of incentivizing them with the chip. Um, and I think probably what happened during the COVID era of Premier League football has set an unusual precedent for that in terms of kind of almost spoon feeding people a little bit more than than they used to um i think probably that's had more of an implication on this season than there would have otherwise been if this had been something that happened in 2017 i'm not sure there would have even been the same discussions so no those things, I think. yeah definitely well, I mean, it's going to go ahead next week, which is always good. Um, and I guess that's kind of left, left loads of people to start to look at the repercussions of what's been going on. 
left those people in a bind really i mean I'll, i can talk about where i am with my my kind of wild card later but probably a very interesting situation for you here lucy with you know not how many players have you lost uh, through these games being yeah, called? So I've, I've got quite unlucky, I think. Um, okay. I've lost six. Ooh, okay. And I obviously have Archer, who isn't really a player. Mm. So that's that's almost seven. And the problem, the extra kind of extra problem on that is that I know that there have been a few people that have six and are kind of squeezing a team out. My problem is two of my players that are playing are goalkeepers, so you've effectively benched another one of them on top. Yeah, okay. Um, And... <laughs> I've tripled up on City, so the easy Salah to KDB that a lot of people are doing, if I decide that KDB is the replacement for Salah, that's also off the table. So I, I'm pretty much forced, I think, into a wild card, which isn't the end of the world, because I kind of said that I was open to doing it this week anyway. And I don't think that the Game Week 8 template should, for a wild card should be that different to next week. Obviously, apart from the fact that you might wait it a bit more to factor in the blanks, but I don't, I don't think it's a huge difference. So, yeah, I'm looking at a wild card now as of whenever those fixtures were confirmed. Don't have anything of any substance, so I'm very interested to hear about your wild card. Okay, I mean it's it's definitely taken a different form. I mean we spoke last week about three four three and four three three, and and last week because of the Wolves game for Liverpool, I was thinking, you know what, right. It's going to be throwing the baby out the bathwater if I sell Trent and Salah ahead of this one. So they were very firmly in the wild card. Uh, but the Chelsea Liverpool game being off just means that they're both gone simply. And um, there's just too much money to for, to keep around. I do have the money left to move. One of I've got a pre, I've got a premium um, midfielder obviously still. And I've got money left to bring him Salah back in at a moment's notice, um, and Trent as well. I've got I can man maneuver that. So now I'm on a three four three. I guess the third striker or the fourth midfielder midfielder would go to bring Salah to bring a Trent back in. But yeah, basically Trent's place is now effectively taken by Bowen. Um, in a move over to that three four three, as we spoke about, no, I really fancy his upcoming run. Uh, Everton Wolves, Fulham, and Southampton uh, set pieces, penalties, and I know he's got very poor days this season. This season, or pretty poor, zero point one nine xgi per ninety uh, compared to the heady heights of last season, zero point five and zero point three eight the season before. But it's just six matches, people, and in those matches they've played City, Brighton, who deserve to be just. Mentioned in that uh, because they've started really well, Spurs and Chelsea. So look at the six-minute matches, look at the poor data, but also think that no, it's not going to stay that way forever. It, it, it is going to change. It, I'm sure there will be an upswing. So uh, Trent's replaced with Bowen the three-four-three. Still got James hanging around. Still got Cancelo. Still got that Trippier Pope double up I mentioned. Um, I've still got I've got Son at the moment um, just because Salah's obviously not there. Um, and yeah. I just I, I think don't... that'll be quite an interesting one on wildcard. I think it's, it's a big decision between Son and KDB. And I've yeah. I've seen a few people restructure so that they've got Kane, and then they they'll kind of do a restructure, uh, kind of flip around. But I think we discussed that last week. And the only problem there is I think there's a much stronger case for a plethora of strikers than there are for that kind of same bracket for the midfielders. So I I think I'd still uh on the side of having KDB or Son. Especially yeah, it's a, it's a straightforward free transfer to Salah rather than a, a kind of double switch. Well, that's your boy, really. I mean, Son's in there at the moment just because, I mean, okay, yeah, not in form, but what generates form? Good fixtures. 
And if there's any defence to play somebody against and the hope they explode, it's probably Leicester and Danny Ward's uh, butter fingers. Um, I obviously there's a chance he could be benched. So Paul O'Keefe on Twitter predicts that uh, who predicts Conte regularly regularly a decent amount of uh, getting it right uh, reckons that he doesn't play the Champions League. So maybe if I read the tea leaves, I could say, oh hey, you know, he'll be back for the league. But yeah, I mean, I could just get KDB and forget it, couldn't I? I mean, it's not as if Wolves are gonna. I mean, Wolves are a decent defensive team, but City are just such a ridiculously good attacking team that, you know, maybe I'd just do that and avoid any X minutes sort of, you know, head scratching. Because in kind of conventional wisdom, you'd have thought that KDB was the the more of a minute's risk and Son was the nailed on man. But it looks like given that Son's struggling, but I mean, is he really struggling? His stats don't look that bad. Um, And and KDB has obviously had a break now. Then it probably flips on its head. Um, at the moment, having tinkered a tiny bit, I think I'm leaning towards KDB, but I can see why people have gone for some. Yeah, I, mean, I, okay, I put KDB straight in, actually, and I've only got Son in there just because I, I happen to, again, Braz and Bloody Andy and all these sorts of people on Twitter were talking about a spicy plan involving Son to KDB to salary and all this sort of thing. So I started looking at that. I was like, oh, this is a very exciting idea. And then I've kind of realized that, oh, actually, I probably need to stop being that person because they're all going to end up on KDB. I can tell you that. So I should probably do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I guess um, your wildcard is also indicative of the, the two kind of mid-table teams that have got good fixtures, so West Ham and Newcastle. I would expect a lot of people are going to target those guys. Um, Sue Fowl, I noticed, is a popular pick in, in the Solvers and is yeah. in the four. So that's that's an interesting one um Very i guess one thing worth picking up is gibbs white because i guess that's not the kind of that's not what i've seen in loads of other drafts no, it's, it's just very cheap so i can't have <laughs> I, I, so i can't i can't have i can't have zaha so he's in the rashford slot um i can't get zaha because obviously he hasn't got a fixture um, i need somebody to play so any and then obviously like trossard and co they're all in the 6.5 million it's that pesky 6.5 million or below area isn't it where you know, I was speaking to my friend Fran earlier, he's got Anthony Gordon in there. It's, it's that sort of level where you kind of look at the player and think, oh, really? And I extolled the virtues of Gibbs White, Gibbs White the other day. I mean, Forrest is still a decent attacking team. They can't defend the toffee, but they can attack. So, I mean, that, again, that could be anybody um, that really could. Or I could just, I don't know, take him down to this crap all and have a placeholder to get Trent back in if I'm the sort of person who's really afraid of that. I mean, are you? If you have done the drafts, how worried are you about? Obviously, apart from this week, just eschewing Liverpool together. Um, I have had a little tinker where I've kept Trent. The problem is that it really minimizes your options in midfield because you can't get that Bowen slot in very easily, and then you're left with, as we said, that kind of problematic middle ground. Um. But he's the one that I could be tempted to keep. Salah's pretty much gone for me and Luis Diaz I'd already planned to get rid of anyway. So it's Trent or no one, I think, probably. I don't know if if that's sort of where you are on that one. Well, I think because I've... I don't know. I don't like... I, I just don't like... I, I, I basically want to have the door open to get Trent and or Salah back fairly easily. 
that's the way I've set up. But it was always that I was interested in having a Mantis defender, might as well be Cancelo, Trippier and James as the three, and then taking it from there. Like James obviously is on is, is being benched this week. Um, but I, I still think that he's worth it, especially with Potter coming in. I'm assuming that will see him be the right wing back. Although actually knowing Potter, I'm sure he'll end up being in goal sometimes, <laughs> defensive midfielder others and being up front every now and again as well. Um, but hey, who knows? Um, I, I quite like that um, as the free and having having trained in obviously the historic. Yes, yes, yes. Hopefully I can find a way to fit him in eventually. Now, what's interesting though is there's that kind of the strikers. So if you roll card in this week, do you just kind of close your eyes when the Brentford game is on and just hope Jesus does nothing? Because like that's it's still one that has the potential to go really wrong if you get rid of him he goes off and you know your isaac or isaac or your tony don't do the business so i'm assuming mitrovic and Hall and holland are going to be in everyone's team yeah at the moment at the time of recording i would be leaning towards keeping jesus because i just think if you misjudge it it's it's a lot of pain because his ownership, I know he's taken that drop, but his ownership is still very high. Um, and I don't think Brentford, I think Brentford from a defensive point of view, isn't a great fixture, but from an attacking point of view, I think that's got goals in it. So I, I I'm tempted to err on the side of caution there with Jesus, knowing that he's more expensive than Tony or um, Isaac. So you can go there quite easily later down the line if you want to. It would be more complex, I think, if he was cheaper than other options you were looking at, because then you'd either be looking at kind of keeping money in the bank, which isn't ideal. Um, but I, I just don't think it's so much of an issue when he's that he's a bit more expensive, so it doesn't feel like you'd be downgrading too radically. Um, I don't know if that's just me being ultra conservative, though, no, because you... I can see the case for Isaac, especially with those fixtures, and obviously Tony's been smashing it, so. Yeah, Bournemouth up next for Isaac as well. It's just as you say, if if Jesus does do well and Isaac doesn't match him, because obviously we've got no kind of past precedent of Isaac in the Premier League apart from one good game and one blank. Versus Jesus, you've got that sort of semblance of things. And I like the fact that it gives me another week to assess whether I want Tony or whether I want Isaac Isaac. So I think I'm gonna go with that. You know, you know what? Like it's just it's just one of those where it's not gonna be like the smoothest of landings because this ultimately isn't actually the squad that I wanted. It's a squad that I'm gonna to have to kind of make work and have a way to eventually evolve to where I want to evolve, which sounds incredibly wanky, but hey, I will go with it. Um just because obviously I would have kept I would have kept Salah, um, I think. Um, I, I think that, that I'd have just yeah, left, left have. him in. Um, I would have probably seen Trent off for a little bit and gone with the Bowen 3-4-3. Um, but obviously I was preparing for last week keeping them both. So it's just one of, it's just one of those where I think it's... I, I never like... And I did, this is genuinely not part of the plan to be wildcarding into a team in transition. Like you, you want to be wildcarding into a team you're happy with and on principle, like the game with one team, or we both started with, that was a team that you could have just left for four or five weeks. And we did leave for four or five weeks, perfectly happy with. That's what I really wanted from this wildcard, but it's just not happened, sadly. Um, and you've just got to roll with it, as we spoke about before. Yeah. And I think you've just got to be honest with yourself about that so that, you know, you don't just sit there accumulating free transfers and saying, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine next week, because you know that it's not the end product um i do think though that that does have advantages so 
you're potentially getting, you know, well, you're hopefully definitely getting um, points this coming week that you wouldn't have otherwise got. And it may be that that therefore opens up someone longer term than you that you ha hadn't thought about keeping. So say, for example, Son does really well this week. You might therefore change your kind of view on him to a certain extent. So it may be that you ended up with more points than you might have otherwise bargained for. Um, I have been looking at that Kibbs White slot just to kind of rewind slightly um, a little bit, just because a lot of the tinkering I've been doing revolves around having that kind of five and a half, six and a half slot. And obviously Rashford's been taken out of the equation. Um, and my frustration is that I really like the look of Piqueta from West Ham, but I also really want Bowen. So <laughs> there's a bit of a, of a conflict there because I, I was looking at Piqueta's stats. Um, he's got on. So from his time in France, he had a non-penalty XGI per 90 of 0.54, which would put him in the same kind of realms as a lot of the £8 million midfielders. Now, obviously, you have to caveat with the fact that it's very unusual to people for people to transfer their league earned performance into Premier League performance. Mm -hmm. But I think that bodes pretty well. And if I was one of those people, and I think we should probably not assume that everyone's on a wildcard because, as we said, it's quite easy for some people to avoid that. If I was one of those people that is on... Um, gross for example or even Rashford and you want to reverse it I think Piqueta is quite a good one if you need that straight swap um, and aren't easily going to be able to get to Bowen mm. he would yeah. be one that I might look at um, because I, apart from Gibbs White I can't see a huge amount of value there with Gross and Rashford off the menu. Oh it's rubbish it's just rubbish isn't it? It takes us back to the enabler pod it's all just like you know, MGW's next few are, are okay not amazing fixtures, but they're okay. Um, so that's why he's in that slot. Because you really, if, I've got Marcinelli already. He's he's not going anywhere because of the amount of value I've already got. I think he'll be one who sat there for a while. So I mean, Piquetta would be absolutely fine as a pick, that's for sure. Or you know, you're really kind of humming the Anthony Gordon depths, aren't you? If you go beyond that, so I mean, it, it does come down to standouts like Piquetta, like um, like Gibbs White. It's yeah, it's it's a very tricky slot, um, as as we've known for a long time. And I kind of you know, part of me kind of wants to grab somebody like a Madison, but because he's got Spurs away, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quite do that this week. But it could work. No, for example, I could go with Madison and go with Piquetta and 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 hope that that kind of works itself out. And there's there's still so much open and I guess part of symptomatic of an early wildcard, you're still making punts. To go ahead, like you mentioned, the Newcastle double up a minute ago. As I said last week, their yeah, their XGA isn't amazing, but don't forget that they've played Man City and Liverpool already, so that probably contributes to their XGA not being amazing. I think it's something like half of their XGA came from those two games. Other than that, they've got a decent defence. So yeah, it's it's, it's very. It's very funny uh, to to think about, and it requires a lot of kind of forecasting as well. Like six weeks isn't a lot, and there's loads of reasons. Yeah, but for everything. Yeah. And yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I, I don't mind that. I could, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll scribble that down. And hopefully, Lucy, we won't end up with, with the same team again somehow. Yeah, I think it's much less likely this time, um, mainly because I'm so averse to risk. So I'm sure I'll do something really boring and safe when you take a more interesting option. I, I don't want to take any risks, though, because I'm doing all right. <laughs> That's the thing. I, <laughs> I, I, I really don't. You, Tom, though, it's just, it just runs through you, that instinct that I don't have. <sighs> 
I, I want to kind of confine the risk to a, a 5.5 million midfielder. I mean, that's what I want the risk to be. I mean, I think Okay. maybe it's after this, I'm taking Son out of KDB straight away. I was Um, about to say that's definitely an error of mess. So re removing remove myself. that. Okay. Okay. That well, that's Um, that's dead in the water then. but yeah, no, it'd be it'd definitely be an interesting week, that's for sure. Um, but hey, I mean, I'm sure we'll get more uh, update. We'll get an update from you next week on how it went uh, with your seven. And even if have you even pulled the pin yet, or are you still kind of Um, coming no, and are? I, I will be pulling the pin probably before the end of the day. Um, Right. I just haven't got around to doing it. But I am pretty much committed to it because I don't really have a viable team. Um, I think if you are in that more murky water where you can probably squeeze out a team for three or minus four, then I really sympathise with you because I don't, I don't think it's clear-cut by any means um, because obviously you will make compromises this week, but it gives you another week to review, so... Um, good luck with that. I don't really have any strong opinions. And I think the problem is with a pod like this, that because we've got such unusual circumstances where everyone will have been affected differently, it's very difficult to offer any kind of generalised advice, which is why we do new questions, because we just said, it depends on your team all Hmm. the time. Although, you know, something like selling Salah, for example, would probably be one that we'd both have gone. Yeah, probably a good idea, especially if you're you know, if Yeah. you're in that situation, you're like, oh, I want to take a, you know, I'm, I think I might wildcard over international break. Then he was like, yeah, definitely sell Salah and then dead end your team for a week. I mean, that's that's pretty worth doing. But yeah, completely. It's, Yeah, it's very I think different if to generalise. you're yeah, if you're not wildcarding this week, I think you want to have kind of pinned down roughly when you're going to do it. I would assume most people will do it over the international break, um, in which case, as Tom said, it makes perfect sense to take a couple of punts this week, maybe, um, and dead end your team. I would try and create some certainty about when you're going to do it so you can plan accordingly. Um, but yes. You got any sort of onward plans as well? Just because I've, as I said a minute ago, I've wildcarded to a team in transition. I'm still kind of sat there thinking, well, I've got, I've got that money in place for Salah. I've got that money in place for Trent. I've got that. I, I you know, I'd like Zaha in eventually because Crystal Palace's fixtures get quite good. Like, how much planning do you put into these things? Like you said, you're obviously, I know you're a planner in general. Like, are you the sort of person who's got like, in in, in three weeks' time, I'm going to do this. In four weeks' time, I'm going to do this. So, because like, I just I've, I've, I used to be that way and I've just completely kind of lost trust in the ability for things to stay constant <laughs> so it's kind of it's very much kind of like I've just kind of thought well, I'm going to leave myself in a position to be able to do these things but when it happens happens basically I haven't got a concrete plan Yeah, I never have concrete plans. I'm not one of those people that says in game week nine, I will transfer X for Y and then A for B. Um, I've literally never done like that. Um, just because I think so much changes in the game, even on a normal season, you only need to have an injury elsewhere, which puts you off course or something unexpected happens to a player or a manager or, you know, we're at that stage of the season where you could easily see a manager change. That's a hint, Lester, by the way, um, that you can be in a position where that just unravels on you so quickly. So although I plan, I plan kind of like with structures and ideas in mind, particular teams that I might want to target, um, particular players that fit into a slot, I would rather do it like that and have the flexibility um, to kind of respond to what's going on rather than potentially get myself caught in a corner because something hasn't worked out as I expected. absolutely that's the thing that i really want to leave money in the bank here again i know we've this seems to be a running theme of whenever we've got time to sculpt the team but i just Although feel we found like that out the 0.5 probably is worth oh, something. but in principle it was a good idea it's just in practice it didn't quite work
and that hey i'm going to try to do that again try to like be flexible and be able to do that just because i don't know i think it's easier than like for many years i was the kind of person who was just like oh you know i'm going to get to 0.0 i'm going to spend all my money and now i've kind of gone full circle on that and now i just think well actually i don't need to do that it's not really worth it just jamming my team full of very expensive players when the cheap one will probably do a better job and it'll mean that I can springboard where I want to get. Yeah. I yeah. don't really have a lot more to say on that apart from Perfect. Yeah. Great. Right. Uh final thing, Captain this week. Uh, are you gonna are you gonna stick to Holland or uh, go somewhere else? I think I'll stick to Holland um pretty much forever now unless mm. we have reason to suspect on a given week that he won't play for a reason and it has to be pretty sure he isn't going to play then i think i'll be sticking with harland yeah indefinitely i think potentially we may see a case where we think city will undergo steady rotation and therefore we might want to look at other teams and that's the only thing that puts me off holding kdb and harland for a long time after the wild card is that if they have a game where they look like they might rotate heavily that could come unstuck because I would probably captain and vice captain them uh, as my most expensive players. So, oh, hello, Southampton in two weeks' time. Yeah, the other twist of that one is that I'm probably going to the game. So, that's going to be fun. I did go last year and we got a nil nil draw, and I just don't think that's going to happen again this time. Um, but yeah, I think Southampton's probably a good game to target, but there we go. Can your players actually play in that? Because aren't most of them exit? Oh, no, they're not on loan, are they? So they're yes, not on they, loan. They, they, they can. They can. They're okay, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, I think I, I think that's probably a good place to end it on my ignorance about Southampton in general. As Barney Rone said on the Guardian Football Weekly, they're a team that I wish I knew more about, but I just don't know anything about them. <laughs> it's definitely one of those things that you just, it's just so far off the radar. Um yeah, I think that's your lot. Um, hopefully that was useful. I'm sorry that it's not been the most well-researched pods in, in our history. It's just one of those that obviously we've had very limited time after work since the since the announcement to cobble something together. Um, so hopefully a good idea of kind of dealing with tensitivity, if that's even the word, and uh, dealing with and, and how we're kind of looking to shape up, i.e. me with more concrete plans, having thought about it for a week, and Lucy just shrugging at everything, which is absolutely fine, because if you're in that situation, you just pulled the wild card, you've got a week now to go ahead through it, and then by Friday, you'd be like, oh yeah, no, I, I always wanted that guy who I've just brought in five minutes ago. <sighs> absolutely. Cool. Uh, yeah, I need to go and give this some proper thought, I think, don't I? Um, but there we go. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We were Who Got the Assist? Um, you can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL, or you can find me at Lucy Hynett with two T's. If you enjoyed listening to this, please like and subscribe to the podcast for new listeners out there. If you think you'll be coming back, please hit that five-star rating across platforms like iTunes and Spotify so more people can enjoy the pod. Yes, thank you very much. We uh, we whetted your appetite for the Premier League to return for one week anyway until, in, until the international break kicks in. I think what we'll do is last year we started recording on the second week of the international break so we're going to have a break now for a week unless anything pressing happens next week so we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks time oh well just one of those things really a quirk of the uh a quirk of the situation but we hope to assist you anyway and um, good luck in game week eight whatever you do um and yeah speak to you soon farewell Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist?
Sports Social Podcast Network.